happy girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. In this episode of the Woman at the Well Ministries podcast, join Kim Miller and Erica Close as we give you an opportunity to know more about us and to learn why we do what we do. Hello, I am Kim Miller alongside Erica Close. Hello, everyone. And we are so excited. Uh, Last week in our Wednesday episode of 204, we were sharing my journey of faith. We just recently, as you can tell, since we are on episode 204, crossed over our 200th episode for the podcast that we do, and we thought it was time to reintroduce you to who we were and to introduce you to how our ministry got its name. So last week, I shared my journey of faith, which was very heavily shaped and created and formed and fostered and managed by my family and the upbringing that I had. And today we have the opportunity to speak to Erica about her amazing faith journey. And her journey is different than my journey. Hers is more shaped by people who were in her life and people who made a difference and who showed her who Jesus was. And I believe is a strong motivator and an inspiration for her to be the person she is, which is that light into the world that really seeks to have people to understand personally who Jesus is. And she gives everything she has to lay that foundation and clear that path for people to see Jesus in her and in those around her. So I am excited for you to hear this journey, and I am privileged to be in ministry with Erica Close, and we're going to let her do that. But first, I want to read to you Isaiah 43:10, and it says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. And Eric, I just want to say that you have thoroughly been a witness to me by the way you have lived your life and the contrast of how we have come to this place where we are now with Jesus is very different, but Jesus brings amazing things together to do his work, and I am so glad that he has knit our hearts together like he did Jonathan and David's. So without further ado, I'd like for you to just begin to tell us how the Lord has brought you to where you are. Oh my goodness, it's such a big question, but I love that you went back to Isaiah 43.10 where it talks about knowing and believing and understanding. 
I love those words and what they mean about what it means to know who Jesus is and to really submit your life to him. And, you know, we have had very different faith journeys, and it is amazing that we get to work together and sit in the same place. And I think that when, you know, we look out, you know, over a church, you know, or over a gathering of people who are already sold out to Jesus, I think that one of the most amazing things is that everyone's path to get there is so different and that God uses so many things to get people to him. And it blows me away. So I think that there is tremendous value in sharing those stories. And, you know, my story, you know, I was, my story started, my faith journey started later in life. Right? I was, I was actually raised um, in the church. Uh, I was uh, raised in a Catholic church and I lived in a family that went to church a lot but I wouldn't say that we were necessarily the most faithful. And so I learned a lot. I learned a lot about scripture. And I learned a lot about what had happened in the Old Testament and what had happened in the New Testament. And yet I still, now I know, I still didn't have in any kind of relationship with Jesus. So I came from that background and I went to college. And when I was in college... I met all sorts of people from all over the world with all different backgrounds and faiths and everything. Wow, what different people I met. But I had someone in my uh, dorm that I lived in who would talk to me about Jesus and what she did you know, with Jesus. And she one day was talking about going on a, uh, a trip with some people. And she invited me along. And she said, but I don't know if you'd want to go because it's a bunch of Christians. And I remember looking at her and saying, well, I'm a Christian. And she just looked back at me and she said, are you? And I remember being so offended, so upset because from what I understood at the time and what I knew at the time, I thought I was. And this was my freshman year in college. It was right before Christmas. And I went home and I was so blessed looking back now that I had other people in my life who had spoken to me about who Jesus really was and about the importance of having a personal relationship with Christ. And I remember that that year at, uh, just after Christmas, I was home by myself and uh, somebody had given, given me at some point a video. And it was a, it was a message with somebody preaching to sort of young people. And I watched it. I just had this draw to watch it by myself at home over Christmas break. And I watched it and it was about finding God's will for your life. And at the very end of it, the person that was teaching talked about how we had to make that personal decision. And that person teaching spoke to his son who was in the audience and said, you know, I really pray that you join me in heaven one day after I get there. And that exact moment 
was when I understood. You know, that verse in Isaiah says, you know, we want people to know and believe and understand. And, you know, when we make a decision for Christ, it's because there's a point for all of us when we know and we understand. And that point was when I understood. And it was an amazing point. And I understood. And he, he in that video, he, you know, led a group of students through the sinner's prayer. And I prayed it in my living room by myself. But I knew that day that I was saved and that I understood. You were talking about how before you had been churched. Mm-hmm. And so you probably knew the right words to say and kind of the things to do. But could you just clarify for those of us who might be listening and know that there's something missing, but they've been in church their whole lives and people have, you know, spoke to them and, you know, they've said, I love Jesus or they've said, I know Jesus is Lord or I know he died for my sins, but yet have not placed their faith in him. Can you just spend a moment telling us that difference between that time in that room when you heard that sinner's prayer, prayed that sinner's prayer, and truly committed your life to him as opposed to what was a couple decades mm-hmm. of walking the church path. And certainly there's nothing wrong with going to church your whole life. I, I went that path and just had this experience earlier than you. But could you clarify? Because there might be some people saying, hey, is that me? You know, I don't really feel, I don't know what she's talking about, but I I kind of walked that walk. So could you clarify that for us? Well, yeah, because, you know, I think there, you know, and praise God, there are a lot of families that, that go to church every Sunday, you know, that have faithful church attendance, you know, that, that keep their kids, you know, in church and, I believe that is exactly what should happen. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. We need to surround our families with the family of God. But church attendance and sitting and listening, and I I was a very good kid in church, right? I did all the right things. I listened quietly. I didn't make a distraction. You know, when you think of all the things in church. Sure, you were better at church than I am. (laughs) You know, I did all the right things, you know, and the reality is I had the experience of church. I had the experience of all the things, right, of singing the songs and and worshiping and, you know, and even fellowshipping with, with church people, but I didn't know who God was, and, you know, there were a lot of, you know, a, a lot of reasons for that, but you I knew ha- of him. I knew of him. I knew about the scripture. I mean, I knew a lot of things about him. You I just knew, didn't know him. Right. I knew the accounts, you know, and, and I'll, I'll say, you know, and, and this is an important distinction. I believed that stuff. I believed that those things had happened, but I did not believe, number one, that I needed a savior. Because I thought I didn't need a savior because I had done all the right things. Oh my. I had been taken to church. I had done all the things. I had lived right. I was a blessed to be a really good kid. I didn't have huge struggles in high school. I I lived, you know, a very what I would consider Christian path for which I'm very thankful for. 
But I didn't understand that even with all that, I still needed a savior because I had never submitted my life to him. And that was, that was the point, that that was the change, is that I realized I never had submitted. I had done all the things. I had checked all the boxes. I looked correct, and I was doing things right. But I had never submitted my life. And there was a point that I knew. And I will say, when somebody asks you point blank if you're a Christian like that, that was bold. And I am forever grateful for that person who asked me that. Me too. Because that's what I needed to hear, right? I looked the part. I was doing the things right. And I needed somebody to challenge that in me. The why, not the what. The why, not the what. And, ooh, I mean, that, that day hurt. But praise be to God, that day turned into... This day. You know, another day. And this day to sit here. And, you know, the Lord, you know, the Lord showed up after that just in a you know in an amazing way i um you know that was in january that was like a christmas right so i went back to school and i didn't have i made that decision and i knew what that decision meant and you know i went back to to school i think you know i think i owned a bible i guess i did i mean i went back to school and i you know went straight to laura laura you know and told her and she just you know was so excited right it was amazing and I immediately started going to a Bible study with her. Uh, she met with, um, she worked with a group that worked with young people in the area. And so their leaders got together and, and had a Bible study. And she just brought me along. It was at that point really the only place she knew to bring me. So she brought me. And I was not in a position to lead at that point. But she brought me to a group of Christians that she had because that was all she needed. That was the right thing to do. So she brought me. And it was a very humbling experience because I had read a lot of the scripture they were studying, but it did not impact my life mm. the way it did when I started with studying and understanding. And everything just sort of exploded. But, you know, for when you think of, the explosion of understanding that happens when you suddenly have the Holy Spirit in your life and you suddenly have the Holy Spirit the, in you to lead and guide and direct you, to reveal scripture to you and bring understanding, you know, it's, it's an explosion and it's occasionally overwhelming and it's sometimes a lot, but the Lord was so precious, you know, in the same way that I believe that the Lord placed you in your family right? And you had all these people that supported you. I had people, right? Like I had Laura, Becky, Christina, Tanya, and Lynn, you know, I can, you know, those are all people. Because and God wishes that none should come, should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so he gives us what we need, but we have to recognize it and do it. What an amazing story. So he brought so he put all those people around me and those were, you know, the people that, you know, I learned to be a Christian with. And I learned what it meant to be a Christian and, you know, learned how to walk the Christian life, you know? And, you know, I learned what I could learn at the time, right? With what I had, that was, that was college for me. And then, 
you know, I, as I was praying about today, you know, right after college for me, you know, so I had say three and a half intense years of like biblical training alongside college. In college. In college, that's, right? That's something right there. Right. You In went co- to college and found Jesus. I did. I went to college and found Jesus. And, um, and right after the college was when I lost my dad. And I think, you know, as I look back now, I see that all of college prepared me for that because I learned in college that I could pray. I learned that I could trust. You know, I learned the importance of someone explaining the gospel to someone. And as I was thinking about today, I realized just how much of the story of my dad is part of my story because Right after college, I went to graduate school, and the day I started graduate school was the day I found out my dad was sick. And I immediately, you know, my dad was not saved. I knew it. And I had been praying, you know, for him, obviously, but clearly the prayers changed because he had a terminal diagnosis. And I started to try and be that person and try and talk to him. And I, it, it was like a roadblock every time. It was so, it was such a challenging time. And the Lord really impressed upon my heart that I needed to pray for the man that was going to share the gospel with my dad. And I prayed that prayer for six months. And I would talk to him a little bit, but it did not, it just didn't work. And I prayed and I prayed for my dad. I prayed for all the things. I prayed for his healing and I prayed for his salvation and I prayed for the man that would be able to explain the gospel to my dad in the way my dad could hear it. And at the very end of my dad's life, three days before he died, that man showed up. Praise the Lord. That man showed up in the hospital and he looked at me and he said, I don't know where you are with Jesus. This was the weirdest thing. And I looked at him and I said, we're on good terms. Why are you here? I mean, what a statement to say we're on good terms. And he said, I'm here to share the gospel with your dad. And my dad wasn't awake at the time. And So he promised to come back, and he came back. And I wasn't even there. I was downstairs visiting with an old friend. I was downstairs for like an hour of a day, and that was when he came back because the appointment to share Jesus with my dad wasn't mine. Right. It was for that man, right? So Don had to be the man, and Don was. And Don shared the gospel with my dad, and then Don and his wife shared that with me. And it was the greatest gift that could ever be given. But when I think back now, you know, there are so many gifts of that. I mean, clearly the promise of being able to see my dad again, because he, he died two days after that. Um, clearly that promise is a tremendous gift. But in that, you know, I also learned, you know, the Lord answers prayers. Amen. The Lord tells us what to pray. You know, we may not be the person that is going to reach the person we love the most. We may not, not every thing that needs done is our job. 
but we can still have a part in praying for whosoever job it is. Amen. What an amazing thing. And I am just so overwhelmed as I, and I've, I know this account, obviously, but as I see how not only did you learn those things, but Erica, your life is completely an example of trying to be the one that somebody else may have prayed for to spread the gospel. You don't miss an opportunity, and you seek out opportunities, and you are so focused on creating people an environment where they know how to share Jesus because you fully understand that you may only get one chance and that that, that may be the answer to somebody's prayer to, to give the gospel to somebody else. And, and I just want to say that, that I know that God certainly used that time to mold you into the evangelist that you are right now. And, you know, God, he makes beautiful things out of broken pieces and things that the devil meant for hurt and harm, he will create something amazing from. And that tremendously difficult situation that you went through has certainly spurred the evangelists we see today. And I praise him for that and all who had that opportunity. Could you tell us a little bit about your study? Like you, you're very studious <laughs> and very academically minded. And if you could just give us a little insight into how, I mean, I'm sure those formative years you did learn perhaps the Bible more historically and fact-based, but let's, let's kind of shift into how that has changed over time. Well, absolutely. And I think, you know, as that changed and as I, you know, got older and I think, you know, that, that opportunity, you know, that the event with my dad, I think very much sealed sealed things for me like I saw that and that was a huge gift you know I'm not going to say that my faith journey was completely simple after that right because there was life a whole lot of life has happened since then but you know as I then grew I mean you know if I think in a lot of ways that was probably like kind of like you know graduation in some aspect for me right one of those times where you mark you've learned something and then you go and, you know, other, sometimes we go really well, sometimes we don't. But as I then moved on very much into adulthood with Jesus, you know, I, I sought out people again. And the Lord placed people in my path. You know, I was moving, I was moving cities, I was moving jobs, you know, for those of you that are listening that are in that situation, it's a challenge to find a new church. It's, it's a challenge to go somewhere on your own. You know, there's a lot there, but the Lord provided people, you know, and in that next, you know, five, six, seven years of my life, you know, the Lord provided, you know, a group of people. You know, I praise God for, you know, Tammy, Rachel, Allison, Kathy. I praise God for Bettina. I praise God for these people that he put in my life at the time to, to study with and to learn with, because that's the thing, right? We don't ever learn everything and then walk on. We, the, the Christian life is a life of learning. It's a life of understanding. I mean, it's amazing 
what we learn when we study on our own. It's amazing what we learn when we study with other people. In that time, all those people that I just mentioned, those are people that I got to study with. Those were people that I spent time in study with. Those are the people that kept me accountable to my Christian life, that checked in on me, you know, that, that were the people that, that checked my life to make sure it was the right, it was right. So as I studied and I learned to study, I had people that checked me. But times changed and life changed, and I had to move away from that group of people. But when I moved away from that group of people, the Lord, praise God, moved me to a whole other group, right? He moved me, he moved me here. And that move was a call. That move was a call to, that move was a call to this ministry. That move was a a call to a career change. That move was a call to so many things. But that move brought me to more people. That move brought me to friendship with you. It brought me to friendship with Beth, right? It brought me to people that I could change and serve with, right? That, pe- that group brought me to, you know, your mom, who taught me amazing things about studying God's word, who walked through the scripture with me. You know, that group brought me to, that brought me to people who taught me how to study, who taught me what it meant to live. You know, there's always more to learn. Amen. I think that the greatest mistake that we can make is to ever think we have this figured out. Oh. Is to ever think that we understand it all. You know that scripture, back to Isaiah 43:10 that we might know and believe and understand. Understanding is a process. Because understanding comes with submission. Understanding comes with submitting your life to the will of God. You know, that video that I watched that explained it to me was about finding God's will for your life, right? That's, that's what it's all about. All those years, life changes, different cities, different jobs, different places, all those things, different people, different circles of friendship, different groups of people to study with, different situations. All of that required greater and greater and greater submission which brings greater and greater and greater understanding. You know, how has my study life changed? It's just gotten deeper because I've just submitted more. And the more we submit and trust him to lead and guide and direct us and believe that what he wants for our life is best, believe that he cares about the decisions, believe that he carries it, cares about the decisions for what job we do, that he believes about the decisions for make, we make when we st- where we stop on the way home, where we go to dinner, you know, who we have dinner with. When we believe that he has that, you know, much of a, that he cares that much about the intricacies of our life, then we can be confident and know who he is and know him. We know him when we submit to him. Erica, thank you so much for sharing this time with us and letting us have an insight into the journey that God has brought you through. My heart is singing. Um, I know that um, God has blessed me and my family by bringing you into it, and we are grateful that he has chosen to put us together in this ministry of Women at the Well Ministries. But never have I seen 
so much of my mom's influence on you than when you said it matters who you have dinner with. It matters where you <laughs> stop to shop because that was certainly my mom and dad's mantra. Every move, mm-hmm. every step should be filtered through the will of God. So I am grateful for God's blessings on our family. I am so grateful for the people in your life that have shaped you. And I am so thankful for the lesson that you have shown all of us today. And that is that we are integral parts in building the kingdom of God. And your life is a bright, shining light, as we're told to be. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you guys for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. And it is our hope that you are more inclined to read and listen and study the Word of God because you've spent time with us, as is our hope and our goal in every podcast. But we are hoping that you can see Christ in us through the things that you've learned about each of us. And our next Wednesday podcast will be how we got together in Women at the Well Ministries. So here is us saying to you, we love you. Thank you for being part of our lives and part of our ministry. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father. And it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved.
a happy girl.